Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. <laughs> I put the mic way too far away. <laughs> yeah, what is... <laughs> I didn't like lean into the mic. Yeah, it had a real uh, had a Walter Winchell quality there. <laughs> All right, yeah, I got... We're doing things a slightly different way. Yeah. As... The listener need not be concerned. Right, yeah. Uh, although they will probably start to notice. Uh, uh, if things. you live in certain areas, sure. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, some of you will notice new things, but it doesn't require anything new of you. So, uh, you know, suck it up. Yeah. Um, but so I, I've got a new setup here in front of me, uh, and I, I I had the mic too far away. Yeah. I, I realized it just a, a second too late. Um, you should get a little notepad instead of like a big piece of paper. You should get a little notepad. I could just fold this piece of paper. That's so true. It takes That's up a thing room. you can do as well. There we go. Uh, right. Real quick, I did want to say uh, welcome to any of our new listeners. Much to my surprise, we've uh, bumped up considerably in our numbers, and I'm not sure why. Uh, but I'm not going to look a, a, this gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. I'm going to say anybody who's new, welcome. We're very glad to have you. Um, you can email us, Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com or David at BattleshipRetention.com if you have any questions like, hey, you guys have hundreds of episodes. Where do I start? Yeah. I've got some. You know where you can start. Where's that? You, if you want, we don't recommend it, but you, we do recommend this. You can buy the first forty episodes for ten bucks. Indeed, um, and you can also buy our pr- two premium episodes for a dollar twenty nine each. Mm-hmm. Um, those are fantastic, and they would really help us right now because we're trying to get to Comic Con. I mean, we're going to Comic Con. Yeah, but. Um, expenses have been anyway i've been over this past couple weeks but for the new listeners we're not going to ask the new listeners to give us money all of a sudden but we're not asking you to just give us money although you can uh there's a donate button but you can buy stuff you can buy actual content uh the first 40 episodes are ten dollars they're actually a little less than 40 episodes we call them that yeah um uh and you can email us and ask us why um and then the yeah the uh the two premium premium episodes are a dollar 29 a piece and uh those would really uh help us um do do comic-con and other stuff you know the la film festival is coming up parking's expensive downtown yeah stuff like that um uh it'll be uh it would be a big help if you could do that indeed now here's another thing you can do oh yeah yeah let's talk about a double feature you can listen to this and then maybe act if you if you feel uh, so inclined. All right, everybody. This episode is brought to you, do you by. Know how much, sorry, what's that? Do you know how much I love that saying? What so inclined? If you're so inclined, yeah, it's a good one. Because, but I feel like I always imagine someone saying, "Man, I'm so inclined right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so inclined." <laughs> that seems like the kind of thing you would say right before sex. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I think it's after you just like took a big bong rip or whatever. You're like, oh, fair enough. I'm so inclined. See, it seems to me. Okay, all right. What if that became a new slang for getting stoned or whatever? Getting inclined. I'm so, I'm so inclined. Oh man, I am so inclined right now. That's not bad. Yeah, that could work. That Let's could make work. it happen. Absolutely. BP stoners. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some stoners that listen oh, to I'm us, right? Certain there are. How do you feel about that? I have no problem with that whatsoever. I'm intrigued to know what our blathering on sounds like through a like a, sm- a haze of smoke you mean through an expanded consciousness Th- that too yeah that's got to be fantastic. i don't i don't think like a like a, a muffled thing but do people can they read more into what we're saying than what we're actually saying because this is not a movie well, or a, a work of art this is I, just don't, you and I, I don't get high and i do that with everyone i read more into what everyone's saying well that's true saying. yes oh good god that sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's no wonder i didn't do drugs okay here we go this episode is brought to you by the Double Feature Podcast. This week, talking about one-off slasher movies, Prom Night and The House on Sorority Row. In this episode, they also discuss how studios market a film differently with each home video release, essentially telling audiences it's about something different now. They also consider the theory that if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. They also talk about how the 80s slasher films disrespected their audience and how the audience came to love that. Uh, to hear this episode, just go to doublefeatureshow.com or click on the ad at battleshippretension.com. They talk about some very interesting things over there at Double Feature. They, I do consider them to be uh, kindred spirits. Yeah. Um, In because that they, they do talk about the movies, but they also talk about larger things based on those movies. Right, which we're going to get to later today. I, I'm looking forward to this topic. But first, I want to go back to our new listeners because this is going to get me into the, the, the thing I wanted to talk about up top. Okay. Uh, I can often t- if we get a bump in listeners, I can often tell what general area they're coming from because I'll get new followers on Twitter as well. Oh, okay. 
Um, and so I think a lot of them were people who like Doug Jones. Okay. Uh, and a subset of that is uh, I've had a lot of Christians follow me on Twitter this week um, because Doug is a oh, Christian. Oh, indeed. Yes, yes. Um, uh, you know, an outspoken, uh, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's I open. He's not ashamed of it. Yeah, he's open. Yeah. He's not ashamed of it. And that's that gives me what I wanted to talk about real quick. Okay. Um, I was so grateful to talk to uh, you and Doug last week. Okay. Because I didn't say this going in to you guys, but I was in a bad place when it came came to Christians in, I don't know, vocal Christians in the world. Because if you were a person who is not around Christians, that week, in the past couple weeks, the most vocal Christian voices you're hearing are the ones decrying ESPN for showing... Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, the gay some Sam something. Michael Sam uh, kisses boyfriend on TV. Oh, okay. Yes, that was yes. the most the the loudest representation of Christianity was uh, people saying that that was wrong. And how am I supposed to explain that to my whatever? People um, say that. Yeah, that's what that's the main argument is. Uh, my younger brother. It's like, listen, I think people can live their lives, but how am I supposed to explain? Well, how would you explain it if it were a man and a woman? You idiot! You don't explain it. Anyway, that's not the point, though. That's okay. not the point that I wanted to make. Um, because I was thinking, I, w- I was, for t- entirely different reasons, um, I was forced to once again reflect on how glad I am to have Christian friends who keep me grounded. Uh, because, you know, I, I mean, America is a very Christian place, but... Damn right. Los Angeles... Is not. Is not. And, and the, so the, the people that I associate with most and the people whose work I read on the internet are often not Christian. Not that they, I mean, some of them are um, opposed to it, uh, yeah. but a lot of them, I think, are just not in that world. And I don't know if you remember. So I'm, this is me bringing up an, uh, an issue. And I, uh, you still never saw Prisoners, right? Uh, no, I have not seen Prisoners. Okay, well, when, when Prisoners... I've been told by many people that I should watch it. And that I should cover it on more than one lesson, that it would uh, well, be a good episode. It, uh, we talked about this. I'm not sure if we talked. I can't remember if we talked on the podcast or just in conversation. But um, Prisoners starts with Hugh Jackman's character, who is a devout Catholic, saying the Lord's Prayer okay. um, while on a hunting trip. To my, uh, I guess, then girlfriend, soon to be fiance at that point, mm-hmm. now fiance, um, that was a signifier to mistrust the character. Which I don't have, but because of people who, because my girlfriend did not grow up around Christians and does not spend time around Christians, uh, all she knows is the way that they're portrayed, and that often that that being overtly religious is somehow uh, an omen of this being a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and so it happened again recently. Uh, this is TV, not movies, but there's a subplot on FX's The Americans, which is okay. one of the best shows going right now. People should definitely check out The Americans. Where Do you know the basic premise of The Americans? They're Soviet spies living yes. as Americans, and they have children who don't know. You know, They've been born and raised in America. They don't know what their parents are. And so their daughter, the older daughter, has started – has found, I guess, Jesus and has started going to this church group. And they – this is a whole new twist on that because they, as Soviets, were raised to believe certain things about what Christianity is and that it's yeah. uh, an evil and that it's corrupting and, and all these things. So it's added this new uh, element to it, uh, which is really exciting to watch. But I've also noticed a number of people talking about the show online, people writing recaps and interviews or whatever, an inherent assumption, I guess, that there's something going on with the pastor, the youth pastor. Like... Like, people keep saying, like, clearly he's got some motives or whatever. And, I again, like with the prisoners thing, because I've always been around people who were devout in one way or another, um, didn't set, set off any warnings for me. Um, and, spoilers, by the end of the second season, I've been proven right. There's nothing wrong with the... Oh, okay. Uh, and, actually, uh, more than that... Um, in Whereas, a, based on what I've heard with prisoners, that character is rather intense and has a bit of a self-righteousness that he feels justifies right, I, him. I don't think that um, his being Catholic is uh, a, a part of that. Okay. Or, 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 or I, I should say I don't think that his being introduced as Catholic is meant to foreshadow that. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, in, in an interview, I, you know, I normally don't like to uh, 
take what the creator or the director mm-hmm. says as part of the my read, but just to prove that I'm right, uh, an interview with a uh, friend of the show, Todd Vanderwerf, mm-hmm. um, after the uh, finale aired, the two creators of The Americans talked about that, that even among their own writers, they kept having to remind them, like, this is a nice guy. Pastor Ted's a nice guy. This is a nice church. This is not the story we're telling. Yeah. But people kept both, and listeners and even the writers of the show, kept tending toward assuming that this pastor had some sort of ulterior motive or some sort of a, a creep. And I don't think, this is what I want to get your opinion on. Cause I've been okay. talking now for like five minutes. Um, I understand how you given your, uh, beliefs would find that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? that almost like that's pointed at you that that's that's hurtful that's derogatory that's uh pejorative or whatever sure but i don't think i necessarily blame people who haven't been around that uh haven't been around religious people um for having those assumptions because that's the way it's that's the way they've been trained to think oh absolutely um what i will say is it, it i think it's a self uh perpetuating thing because you have the people that, you know, are writing and making television, movies, music, and chances are they live in New York or Los Angeles, which, as you have said, are not remarkably Christian, probably not remarkably sympathetic towards Christianity for whatever reason. Chances are, if I had to guess, I would say that uh, they had some bad experiences with it in the Midwest or the South and decided, I need to go elsewhere. And so in their mind, that is what it is. And so then they will tell – then they want to tell a story and maybe there's a character that seems like this character should be Christian. So they think, okay, well, what is a Christian? Well, clearly it's the one thing I've experienced. So then they right. do that. Which is narrow-minded or, or mean or using... Yeah, b- bigoted, uh, any number of things. Self-righteous, using the Christianity to excuse yes. behaviors that yes. are not uh, friendly. Yeah. Or inherently hypocritical, which I'll get to, I'll get to in a moment. Um, so, so then they create this, create art, puts it out into the culture, and now, and people see it. Mm-hmm. You know, people... In, like they're creating in Los Angeles and New York, but people all over the country are seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, they themselves, I think people start to internalize things for the same reason that living in Los Angeles. I remember one time, uh, <clears throat> I forget who, it was after a comedy show. You and I were talking, I think Pat Healy was there. I think we were talking to a couple of people and, uh, and somebody heard that somebody found out I was a Christian or something like that. Uh-huh. And my, my instinctive response, well, I had two, one was to get really defensive and the <laughs> other, and the other, which is the one I wound up going with was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like basically apologizing, like, well, what can you do? Um, because I knew what this person probably thought. No one here is going to say you're Christian. Good for you. It doesn't happen. Um, that's not true. It might happen at some point. And, uh, I've not encountered it. Um, you're not going to get it from me. Yeah, uh, believe me, I know. I keep saying it every week, hoping, hoping you'll say it. Um, and so, uh, so then, so then you get people who see these movies or this TV, and they start to think of of Christianity a certain way, and then perhaps it's somebody who lives in a small town, and they have had, and maybe they haven't even had any of the experiences that the writer had early on, but. Now they see this art and maybe they do feel a little bit outside the mm-hmm. Christian norm. Now they're starting to see things that they probably wouldn't have seen otherwise because right. they're looking for it now, whether uh, consciously or not. And so then, have- then they find a problem with it. Then they head on off to Los Angeles and they just keep it going until literally it gets to the point where you wind up with a, uh, a Pauline Kale not knowing anybody who voted for Richard Nixon in right. 1972, right. In which, which is the election in which he won 49 states. And she doesn't know anybody that voted yeah, for that's, him. That's, you know. uh, I mean, there are... Uh, but I think that's uh, true of... I mean, obviously, you and I, because we have different... Uh, I don't know. I'm not religious at all, so I don't even know what to call it. But different beliefs, I guess. Yeah, sure. uh, and because we have different political um, leanings, we 
you and I tend to be pretty well exposed to other points of view. But when it comes to culture, you and I aren't. Like there are there are t- there are shows on TV that are more popular than any show we watch. No question. That we don't we don't know anyone who watches them. You know, yeah. and there are movies that uh, make a ton of money. You know, Blended's yeah. going to make a ton of money. You think no, so? Uh, whatever, it's going to do okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, no one I know is, has yeah. any intention of seeing Blended unless they're a critic who got to see it. Yeah. One got of the- to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Uh, so we all have our things, and I guess that's what I wanted to um, take from this, or or maybe maybe I'm getting going to get a little um, what's what I'm looking for uh, preachy here. Um, no pun intended. Um, but uh, people just like you know consider other people's point of view is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Rachel Bloom was on. You ever listen to Paul? My my co-host Paul Goebel has another podcast right. where he interviews women. I've not and listened to it yet because I don't care about the female point of view, David. <laughs> well, see, you're part of the problem. Oh, no. Um, it, I guy, thought that was an innocuous statement. <laughs> and what, what Paul's doing is exactly what I'm talking about. He started this show essentially because of things that we talked about on Hey, Watch This. He started realizing maybe I have – Was uh, it uh, the, the Pussy Riot We were discussion? talking about the Pussy yeah, Riot yeah. thing, yeah. And he was – and, and he came to the realization that maybe he has some uh, blinders on or, or maybe has uh, mm-hmm. some privilege uh, and – um, doesn't talk about other people's uh, doesn't see other people's points of view and mm-hmm. this week he had Rachel Bloom on and she was talking about her experience in the TV world and that uh, this is a you know a general statement obviously there are exceptions but often uh, straight white male writers are really good at writing straight white male characters but are less adaptable than other types of writers because in the world they live in they have had to spend less time thinking about other people's points of view. Oh, sure. Because they, because again, it comes down to privilege. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know if privilege is the word for living in Los Angeles and not having a, a lot of, um, exposure to Christians. I mean, I call it a treat, but, um, <laughs> uh, just, I, I guess my, 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 my statement here is that not only as a, an enjoyer of art, uh, or culture, but just as a citizen of the world and as a political being, try to put yourself in other people's shoes and uh, try to see the world from more than one point of view. That's what I took away from these these disparate experiences with uh, that I had this past week with the Christian thing and with the, uh, the Rachel Bloom's uh, point of view. And let me ask you this, because this is a thing that I think you and I have talked about off mic. Um, I, I'm I'm probably the first to say that uh, American Christians tend to adopt a vaguely martyr point of view. Um, I think almost anybody can, uh, but Christians, you know, I would venture to say that we are kind of in power. I think the power is starting to lessen a little bit, and as a result, there are a lot of Christians who say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's all coming apart or whatever, and, and it can be argued whether that is a considered a good thing or a bad thing, but... As a result, they act like there's like heavy persecution. There is some here and there. Uh, as much as I don't like the movie God's Not Dead, it does highlight a little bit that does happen on college campuses and does and does legitimately happen. Okay. Um, oh yeah, in your experience, we had a teacher who was yeah. <laughs> he didn't make everyone declare that God was no. Dead. He didn't. But good God, what if somebody <laughs> raised their hand and said, uh, "Sir, I am this," which incidentally I didn't feel any conviction to do so. Yeah. Um, because I don't think it actually applied to me. But man, oh man! And yeah. then, and then we had a basically it, uh, Tyler and I had a was it a geology geology teacher who was um, very virulently uh, anti creationist and what young Earth creationist that was the oh, thing. Okay. People who say that the Earth is ten thousand years old that's he he had no problem with old Earth creationists. I mean, I'm sure he still did, but that's not who he spoke out against. Okay, and uh, I might agree with him, but he was so. Uh, adamant about it that he would find ways to force it into multiple times in each lecture he would find ways yeah. to say and that's why whatever is wrong yeah there was one there was one lecture where about he found his way into it a, in record time like two minutes in and then the entire lecture was about that now my first thought was awesome no homework there's no <laughs> way we're getting homework out of this and i was right um but yeah and and it's just one of those things that uh so so i it can happen. I don't think that makes us martyrs as a group. But um, but let me ask you this. 
saying what you've just said, uh-huh. do you think that it is it is maybe not right, but do you think it's at least justified for Christians to think that Hollywood is hostile towards them? I, I think there's too many shades. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's – I mean, yeah, I, I mean I uh, – I keep meaning to do an episode of More Than One Lesson that would be called Depictions of Christians. Um, and I picked it not because I like saying it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is inter- – because it's all over the place. It really is all over the place. Yeah, and I think – I mean the, the tr- uh, when it comes down to it, Hollywood – I'm putting in quotes – their only loyalty is to money, is to the bottom line. And yeah. so I don't think – I don't think they have – a real point of view. I think they will take whatever tack uh, is uh, is is going to prove most profitable. Which means I don't think I certainly don't think there's a pro-Christian uh, right, point of yes. view in most of Hollywood. But I don't think it's anti either. I don't. Think I think they I think have they a, don't even. I say they as though they're all one person or whatever. Yeah, but you know which what I mean. Is what, we're, yeah, um, what we're trying not yeah. to do here. Um, I'd venture to say that by and large, I'll I'll, I'll say like let's say sixty percent of the time. I think it might be more, but. I think it's literally – what was I watching? Uh, was it Man from Planes, the documentary about uh, Jimmy Carter? Oh, right, right, okay. yeah, yeah. Not a bad documentary. I didn't see And that. what's interesting is he was an actual devout Christian going into a community where everybody acts like they're Christian so that they can just seem like they're one of the people. But in actuality, whether Republican or, or Democrat, certainly in the 70s uh, and maybe even more so now uh, – People were actually shocked at genuine displays of faith. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, so I feel like – and it's not that they were hostile towards it, nor did they, nor did they really embrace it. If anything, they were mystified by it. They just And I, so I sometimes wonder if it literally is just not even on the radar of most Hollywood writers, directors. It's not who they're dealing with uh, day to day and they tend not to tell stories about – these people and so it doesn't even occur to them like in 10 seasons of friends now i've not seen every episode but i venture to say there's almost no mention of religion at all um you know and they talk and it's like we're dealing with uh people who become parents people who kind of within like they talk about their jobs their relationships their marriages they talk about death they talk about any number of things except this one thing yeah, you know, this gets me, like, because I have to admit, I don't think about it most of, like, most of my day, I don't spend any time thinking about, right, uh, and, wh- and you don't think about God at all, but, like, there's an, this, to to keep expanding it, um, there's another thing that it, you just have your own, I guess, biases, I, I'm getting married soon, mm-hmm. and even though it keeps happening, every time someone brings up the idea of, so, are you going to have kids, I'm surprised again, because I forget because it's not important to me, the kid thing, yeah. I forget that in most people's minds, those things are linked. You get married, oh, and yeah. then, like, the next step is having kids. That's I have no intention whatsoever of having kids. I don't think about kids. I would say 99.7% of my time I spend not thinking about children whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, you, I guess you have to be forced to consider things from the point, people's points of view, but maybe sometimes you... You should force yourself. I don't know if you yeah. should be forced by other people. You know, you, should, you have free will and everything. But I think one should force oneself to oneself to consider other points of view. Yeah. We should stop. We're getting yeah. off topic. That was a fun conversation. Good. And I, I feel like it could be a whole episode, but I'm not really yeah, sure that, what it would be. Yeah, I was starting to get that. <laughs> We'd, let's put a pin in it and yeah. figure out how to wrestle it down into one topic and do that episode sometime. Uh but before we get to our main topic, I, I do want to tell you one more thing, which is uh, you, the listener, Tyler, you already know about this, mm-hmm. and you're a fan of their product. It's tweakedaudio.com. I am also a fan of their product. I use these uh, earbuds. Uh, if you don't know, uh, if you're one of these new listeners, you are. They uh, Tweaked Audio offers professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. And these colors, they really pop. Mm-hmm. These are good colors. I got, I got a green pair at home. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, and tweakedaudio.com slash pretension is where you go to get all of that one third off and no shipping charges that is tweakedaudio.com slash pretension so let's get into it shall we indeed uh here's what i wanted to talk about this week uh and again this is going to be um 
I think uh, it's going to overlap with some conversations we've had recently, like in the five or six weeks. Okay. Um, just a little bit well, here and there. This is something that came up. You brought this up as a topic uh, a long time ago, mm-hmm. and we never got around to it until now because I started thinking about it again for a, a different reason. Everything, I'd say, you know how I said that uh, I was talking about percentages of my thought? Mm. Uh, I would say for the past couple of days, about 60% of my thoughts are about the Americans on FX. Okay. <laughs> because it was so, season two was so good, and it just ended this week. Um, but I was thinking about TV in general. Uh and I was reminded, and I'll, I'll get back to why, because I was reminded of something that you said, you asked me months ago, mm-hmm. which was, do you like or dislike more of the movies you see? Or do you, do you like more than you dislike or dislike more than you like? Yeah. And I'm at a point in my life now where I definitely dislike more of the movies that I see um, than I like. And I like more of the television I watch than I dislike. I spend more time watching TV than movies, but I still consider myself a movie guy first, and I don't think those things are uh, contradictory. I think, in fact, the the fact that I am more of a movie guy is maybe why I dislike more movies. I remember my former co-host, when I used to do a Previously On, which is a TV podcast, it was my friend Sean. Uh, Sean summed up my view on art in general, which is as... You hate all movies and like all TV shows. Just <laughs> <laughs> like a big overstatement, but uh, he, he said that he said that after we saw Drive together, and I hated it. Ah, um, and, but uh, so that that's, but the but the Drive TV show you love, um, ironically, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a TV show called Drive, right? Oh, With Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah, shoot. Um, never mind. My anyway. joke doesn't work. <laughs> but I never saw it. Um, anyway, uh, so I got that got me thinking about. Uh, your your topic again but i want to toss it over to you because it was your idea for a topic what got you thinking about it my own neurosis here's uh (laughs) as so often is the case these days it uh starts me off on a flight of fancy uh that i need to bring other people in otherwise how do i know if i'm right or not um and how do you know if you even exist whoa just blown my mind well hang on on, stoners out there yeah well hang on i'm thinking okay therefore i i am okay got it i got it cogito ergo sum absolutely that's my favorite Japanese director. So, okay. It's Latin. I know, but it sounded... Sorry, what with Godzilla and all that kind of thing, I've been very interested in certain types of, types of uh, names, and it sounded like that. I, obviously, it was Latin. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't remember exactly how it came about. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, I think it had to do with... I was talking with Josh Long, the co-host of More Than One Lesson. In front of the show. In front of the show. Not a personal friend, obviously. Um, right. That's why I made sure to say I'm the Yes. Show. Yes. Um, and I think we were talking about – I think we were talking about comic book movies or maybe just blockbusters in general. Um, I don't – I wish I could remember what the movie was um, that prompted this. I think it was that – uh, there was a movie. Uh, I think I was talking about the movies that are coming, that are now coming out. Uh, you know, Captain America, X Men, that kind of thing. And I mentioned that I was looking forward to this, this, this. Um, and I asked if he was looking forward to it, and he said no. And that's okay. I don't require that people look forward to everything that I look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked. And by the way, I'm probably really mangling this conversation. So if Josh feels underrepresented here, I apologize. Um, but he he went on to say that his problem with comic book movies was X, Y, and Z. They're always going to be the same as far as story structure. There's no real danger for the hero because you know that not only is he going to get out of it, but he's going to get out of it in the biggest way possible. Like story beat right. by story beat. And there's going to be another movie exactly yeah everyone's hoping there'll be another movie so that's why he's gonna be fine yeah Yeah. and so um and so he just said that he that that takes out a lot of the not suspense but investment for him is that you always know exactly what you're going to get and as he said that my first thought was was well yes but in the same way i'm i'm a big fan of law and order because Admittedly, you don't always know how the verdict is going to turn out, but 
the the structure is always the same, beat almost beat for beat, episode to episode. And so when you when when you treat that as a constant, then everything else becomes a variable, and that's where you have your fun. That's so. I I had that thought, but then I thought, well, am I just am I merely justifying my kid like desire to go see superhero movies? Mm-hmm. And then that led to other things that started with my neurosis, but I think they're good questions to ask in general. And it eventually came to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm saying this based not on what Josh said. So, uh, I'm not really speaking for him. So let's go, let's, let's go with Josh's, uh, attitude and now remove him from it. Um, well, I am kind of, uh, I'm with Josh to a point. I don't, um, I don't have that spe- those specific reasons for disliking specifically or not getting excited about specifically comic book movies. I would say, and this has been true for years now, it's very rare for me to be excited about a movie that's coming out, uh, which is something that I used, I mean, used to be, you know, when we were in college, you could ask me at any time, what five yeah. movies are you excited about coming out in the next yeah. couple months? And I could tell you because I'd get excited about stuff. And I think I've been burned too often yeah um and i uh i I guess i tend to exercise a little bit more uh caution now you know when i do get excited um it's a it's a toss-up it could either be uh cloud atlas which i was Mm -hmm. excited for and ended up loving or it could be prometheus which against all odds i allowed myself to get uh amped up for and that was a huge disappointment for me and so, and here, okay, already, um, I do let myself get excited. I don't necessarily watch trailers anymore where, mm-hmm. where I can avoid them. Um, and, I I, watch- and I also recognize that, you know, I, I was never going to be excited for Man of Steel. I watched it so that we could talk about it on the show uh, with Pat Francis and Mike Siegel. That's why I watched it. I had no expectation of it being good. But, um, so, like, I, I usually go in with a... F- I do go in with an expectation, but I'm also open to that expectation being wrong. Um, but that's the thing. I do go in with mostly a looking forward to attitude. Whereas you say that you mostly, that it's not even so much that you don't let yourself get excited. It just doesn't really happen anymore. And so where, so this comes to sort of the central issue, you know, in talking with Josh and probably any number of, of film people, I know that Josh Fadum is like this as well. You know, he'll yell that something is boring. Uh-huh. And because I know Josh and we've had conversations, I know what that means for him. It means it's not giving me anything new. And there are, and as a result, there are entire genres and subgenres that he basically sweeps to the side. And one could make the argument is right to do so. Yeah, I, I don't do that. I still – one bit of positivity that i have hung on to from my college movie watching days is that i still no matter what i've uh read or what i've thought of the filmmakers past material once the light lights go down i open my mind as much as i can i mean mean, there are always going to be some prejudices i guess but even if it's even if it's man of steel i was uh, uh you know i've not liked so much of Zack snyder's work mm-hmm. um and yet, again, when the lights went down, I was completely open to the idea that Man of Steel could be a great movie. Absolutely, I, 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 and that's just a that's just a, a philosophy of mine. Um, and I think I've become. I think I, just having seen more and more movies, uh, I think I get that knocked down <laughs> uh, earlier in the movie now than I used to. Like oh, yeah. I feel like I, I can almost tell a little bit. I can tell sooner if I'm not going to like a movie than I used to be able to. Yeah. Um, but, that, I mean, sometimes a movie can uh, can win me back, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, as much as I talk about um, how I like Avatar a lot, it ended up being in my top ten of that year, and I know you hated it. Um, that was not a wall-to-wall joy for me. I had, right. a, I had a tough time. I wrestled with Avatar for the whole two hours and 45 minutes or whatever, and I came out very much uh, in in favor of it, but it wasn't... Uh, it didn't come easy for me. And I guess and, – and and good for – and I feel like that's probably – I think you probably have the right attitude just in general. Um, but it did cause me to have that thought of am I being too permissive? 
which I know is a weird thing to, to you know, maybe it's the Christian in me that he, that phrases it that way. Uh-huh. Um, but from an artistic standpoint, uh, another, I'll, I'll throw out another uh, Christian, uh, I wouldn't say it's a buzzword. It doesn't get used enough and it doesn't, uh, it isn't uh, exercised nearly enough, which is the word discernment, which is this idea of trying to figure out what's right and wrong, what's good and bad and that sort of, and then acting accordingly. And then after figuring that out long enough, developing a discerning instinct. Now, from an art, I, I sometimes wonder maybe by going in, by allowing myself to look forward to things, by by not writing off comic book movies uh, and being excited for it. And I mean, I would venture to say that my tastes run, as I've said on the show, a little bit more mainstream than than a lot of the online critics that you and I know. Am I? I don't know if in doing true. so, am, is my taste – am I less discerning than you? You know, And I'm not saying this as a way of saying like, oh, tell me that I'm good. Tell me I am discerning and all that sort of thing. It's just – you know, th- there's a reason that when people say, oh, he's – stop being so critical. They mean negative. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And That's so you, you and I are striving to be critics. Yeah. And so does that mean that I should have – that I should be squinting my eyes a little bit more – and not so openly accepting. Now, admittedly, when I ha- there are plenty. You and I have similar taste in a lot of ways. You know, we didn't. Neither of us liked uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, and so um, we also have different. T- we will. This is here's the thing. As much as you maybe are more permissive about superhero movies or, or whatever, uh, more on this next week, I think, or in two weeks. But you didn't care that much for Only Lovers Left Alive, which would be the more. I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. I'll put it that okay. way. Uh, but that one would be more of the, like, badge of the discerning critic. Oh, I like the uh, artsy, slow-moving, uh, you know, very considered uh, uh, visually uh, meticulous Jim Jarmusch movie. Um, but, you you know, you had the, you know, you, you, you don't, I don't think you have, like, the self-consciousness. You still are, you still are honest about your feelings. Oh, absolutely. And I, but then the I question. I love Only Lovers Left Alive, by the way. Yeah, and I really liked it, and there are parts of it that I genuinely loved. Um, and yeah, we will talk more about the, the specifics of that one next week. Um, but yeah, and so uh, I, I've been thinking uh, this last week. Um, if you go to siskelandebert.org, you will find a lot of their click, old click, episodes. Click, 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 click. Oh, that's me going to Cisco. Oh, okay, and thank you. I appreciate the Foley work. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> um, so if you go there. You can find old episodes of Siskel and Eber, and I love listening to their dynamic. I love listening to re- – first off, realizing that these guys who are very – you know, they're mainstream critics in the sense that they everybody knew who they were. Um, and they were on TV every week. And to hear them talk about some of the stuff that they talk about on TV, they did not – I don't think they necessarily dumbed themselves down for the television audience. And that was exciting, but also – so I've been thinking a lot about Roger Ebert, and then I did I did admittedly watch the trailer for uh, Life Itself, and uh, it got me. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. very excited for it. It's Steve James, so I feel um, like that's a step oh, in yeah. the right direction. You know what trailer I gave in and watched recently uh, is Foxcatcher, Fox the new Bennett Miller movie. Oh, okay. Uh, looks pretty good. Does it look good? Yeah. Damn. I I so badly want to watch these, but I also realize, ah, eh, just let it be new. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of them when you go see movies anyway. So just though I probably will not see the Life itself trailer when I go see X Men: Days of Future Past with my friends in a couple of days. <laughs> um, but boy, wouldn't that be neat? Um, just some weird mix up. But uh, but anyway, and so so I've been thinking a lot about Roger Ebert and about Gene Siskel, but specifically about Ebert, who I think often went in. With a very open mind, which is a good thing. But as a result, I mean, he gave some great reviews to some shit. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put it that way, and obviously everything is up for interpretation and, and that sort of thing. But, I mean, he would give three stars to some... Anaconda? He gave three and a half stars to Anaconda, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and did did his three and a half star review influence me in going to see it as a 14 or 15 year old it did did i like it did not and my (laughs) and i had this but that's all right that's okay there are certain things i still made the choice obviously um 
I don't know if this is even still on the topic, but there are certain movies that seem like they would be the kind of movie that everyone doesn't like that I end up uh, defending, or seem like movie that would be uncool to like. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of two off the top of my head, uh, very recent movies. Um, one of them I didn't love, but I enjoyed more than other people did, which was Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Okay. And another movie that I honestly, no joke, loved uh, was Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, yeah. And that one did not get... Uh, Two very similar movies in, in some ways. In, well... Uh, Seemingly. It, it, uh, yeah, uh, in very surface ways. They have mm-hmm. a completely different tone okay. and reason for existing, you know. I don't know if you saw Hansel and Gretel. Which I did Hunters. not. Yeah, that, I mean, it takes place in a... It's very nebulous about what sort of world or era it takes place in. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters talk like... They would talk now, mm-hmm. um, but they have uh, some sort of period weaponry, but then it also seems like it's informed in like a steampunk w- punk way by oh, that's more modern stuff, you know. Uh, I mean, Jim Renner's character is a diabetic who has to take insulin shots and has like a <laughs> pneumatic insulin like uh, <laughs> syringe. That's odd. It's, it's a strange movie. That um, sounds neat. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, Peter Stormare is amazing, but no, of course he is. Not. Uh, uh, anyway, um, I guess uh, what I'm saying is, it you know, I don't know that that's necessarily Roger Ebert being permissive so much as maybe something about Anaconda spoke to him, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, clearly something about Snow White and the Huntsman spoke to me that did not speak to a lot of critics because it didn't yeah. do well critically, but I adored the movie. But I do think that that happened with Ebert a lot. I, I did watch the legendary re- review of Cop and a Half in which he really enjoyed it. And Gene Siskel <laughs> just looked at him with such astonishment. Um, and just, uh, it, it was a lot of fun uh, to watch that. Um, that. I'll say this. A lot of people talk about how much, how much fun it was to watch the two of them disagree. It was a lot of fun watching them agree. Like when they both have seen a movie they love. Or when they, or both, when they, hate. Yeah, when they lit into something, that was, fun that was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, but when they both see a movie they love, like the, you can see that they're both just so like watching them talk about Goodfellas or Fargo or Pulp Fiction, just to see them both light up is, is a lot of fun to watch. And you see in that moment, how much they both just still love film, but cop and a half Anaconda Benji, the hunted is another one that got brought up a lot. I think it makes that makes its way into uh, the uh, life itself trailer. Um, and so I think he, uh, he gave, I believe, three stars to The Longest Yard, the remake of The Longest Yard, and he got some crap for that. I, I didn't see that one. And just, he was more likely, I think you, I think it's safe to say he was more likely to like a movie than not. And instinctively, I feel like that's probably a good thing, that it's probably good to be more forgiving and more permissive than not. But in doing so... probably for Roger Ebert's position as sort of an ambassador of cinephilia to the common man yeah. it's probably a good thing a good trait to have to, to make a love of movies uh you know uh palatable to the common man as opposed to uh preaching to the choir which is sometimes what i'm afraid that you and i do uh yeah that's we, you know, true. we talked was it uh, going i mean a year and a half ago when we had um amy nicholson on to talk about the the echo chamber or the bubble living inside the bubble, you mm-hmm. know, um, where it feels like, uh, it, you know, I remember, um, I can't remember who this was, but someone on the, uh, 2012, like campaign trail mm-hmm. talked about following reporters on Twitter and how political reporters essentially seem to be tweeting only for the benefit of other political reporters. <laughs> and it's like this, this echo chamber oh, essentially, yeah. uh, uh, you know, ostensibly it would be, you know, oh, I'll follow this political reporter and now that's all I'll keep up on the news, but it's so insidery. And oh, sometimes yeah. I'm afraid that we exist in that same thing, which is why we did that episode. But Roger Ebert very much didn't, you know. Yeah. He, he was the critic that people's, people knew his name, mm-hmm. no matter who they were. And he spent a and he also spent a lot of time reading. He seemed to love books just as much as he loved movies, hmm. um, which was a, an, an interesting thing. But, um, but yeah, and so I feel like that is a good question to ask. And I mean, we've we've talked a lot around it at this point, but ultimately that idea of if you're more likely to like something, a, a movie or a piece of art or whatever it is you specialize in, 
if you're more likely to like something than not, are you being as critical as you can possibly be? Now, we, that's the thing. We said for, for Ebert, yes, with the stipulation that he was where he was. But it's also he's being true to himself, and as mm-hmm. I think you are and as I am. Uh, so I think it's a case-by-case case With all due respect, morons can be true to themselves. You know what I mean? I mean, there are plenty of people, you know, the, the what's the name? Okay, I, I don't necessarily like to speak ill of other critics. Thankfully, this guy's not a critic. Ben Lyons, um, who he and who Ben Mankiewicz uh, took over okay. at the movies for a short time, and it was just terrible. It was awful. <laughs> ben Mankiewicz isn't terrible. He's not awful, but Ben Lyons is not good. Okay, um, I, I missed that. I mean, I, I, I knew there were there were two Bens at one point. I, I yeah. know. I mean, blink and you missed him. I mean, there was maybe okay. one year, but boy, oh boy! I mean, Ben Lyons just brought n- nothing to the table, <laughs> and that's the thing. And I think he was being true to himself, but the the himself was not a critic. It was not somebody who thought critically, and so being true to yourself is something that is, I think, is admirable. But you know, racists are true to themselves, <laughs> murderers are true to themselves. You know, the question then is. The self that I have, that I ha, that I am, which could be, which in this case, obviously, I'm not saying I'm a murderer or, or anything like that, but mm-hmm. the self that I am, which is maybe more positive than negative, is that a good thing? Is it is it more important that I be true to myself, or should I focus instead on making that self into something that deserves to be true to? I don't know if grammatically that worked out well, but um, do you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean by that last thing. I don't think it was grammatically correct. Okay. And my brain couldn't process it. Like, basically... It's like you're putting... You put your debit card in the wrong way. <laughs> the the didn't read. I could spend all my time just being... Just saying, hey, I'm just being true to myself. I'm just being honest. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm just honestly expressing my opinion. Or, I could... But if that opinion is not developed... Like, maybe it, one could make the argument... I haven't earned... Not I, but uh, speaking just for everybody, perhaps is there is it possible that some people have not earned the right to express their opinion honestly because and the no, opinion I, is dumb? I don't think so, and the, and the reason I don't think so is because there isn't like one publication you open up called film criticism that everyone goes to for opinions. There's a billion places. I mean, that's an exaggeration but not a huge exaggeration. Not a, yeah um, it's closer than not yeah um that you can go for film criticism mm-hmm. and so if an idiot is just being true to him or herself then maybe that's the perfect uh film critic for idiots to read yeah, <laughs> you i know? guess so but then uh, and then that speaks to you know you and i, I oh, oh sorry go on well the the, the thing that i'm getting when i say being true to yourself what i'm saying is uh if you uh, not going into a movie thinking I should like or dislike this movie uh, because that will give me more or less cred, right? Not not having you know trying to again you can't completely do away with your prejudices, but trying to leave as many of them as the do- at the door mm-hmm. as possible. Trying to be as unbiased as possible and really truly being open to the idea that blended could be the best movie of the year. Sure. And I mean, that seems like an exaggeration, but I really think, uh, if I am going to say there's a, there's an, uh, an axiom of how to be a critic, that sort of thing would be, would be it to be, be completely open to every movie. I, well, I, remember, I think that, I mean, I think at the very, uh, and maybe there are some people that don't agree, but I think, that is your baseline right there. Absolutely. At the very least, that's what you need to be. Uh, I remember. Um, so before we started, you know, we started the podcast in 2007, but it wasn't until the beginning of 2011 that we started, um, that we expanded the website and started going to press screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if people know. Sometimes we get to go to From time screenings. to time. We get to go to free screenings. That's nice. Um, but uh, so th- the first one, the first press screening that I went to I remember yours was the Nicolas Cage, which what was it called? Season, Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Um, yeah, it's a good name. Um, sure. I didn't see the movie. Uh, anyway, um, the first one I went to was No Strings Attached with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. Okay. Right? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, and so for years, it had been years since 
uh, I had watched a movie that I didn't watch on purpose because I had heard or wa- I yeah. wanted there was some reason. And I was like terrified. I was because I didn't know. I was like, how bad is this going to be? Like, are, are all movies that aren't good as bad as Jack and Jill? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm picking on Adam Sandler, but I guess he's kind of deserves it at this point because yeah. Jack and the Jack and Jill is, uh, it, I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of the worst movie going experiences I've ever had in my life. Okay. But I think that as bad as Jack and Jill was, that's what I was afraid. No strings attached was going to be because I had some. I had such a narrow point of view. This kind of ties into what we talked about before. The I was going to I was going to mention that. Yes. Um, but. Uh, no Strings Attached ended up being, it's not a very good movie. It's um, it's better than you think it is. And also, I've seen a ton of bad movies, and most of them aren't as bad as I was afraid they were going to be. Very few of them have been like, oh my god, that was rough. Uh, Jack and Jill, The Change Up, that was one of them. That was uh, really, up. That's the uh, what, is it Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman body oh, switch movie. got it, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was really bad. But then, see, here's the thing about how I'm changing. I am finding more and more movies difficult to sit through. And this is another topic entirely, but more and more comedies. I'm, okay. Because, um, uh, I mean, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I, uh, I'm i more than just didn't like Neighbors. Or the, is it Neighbors or The Neighbors? I can't remember at this point. I think just Neighbors. Um, I was like... It was the kind of thing where I was like, uh, I, I just, like almost rolling my eyes, and like I wanted to look around at the people and being like, "Are we? Are you seeing this? Yeah. Can you believe this? This is so bad." But everyone else was loving it. But anyway, like I'm saying, this is a different topic. But I am becoming less tolerant of bad movies. Yeah. But I still think I'm. I still think I'm giving them the same chance. Do you know what I mean? No, I I do know what you mean, and it's and it's hard because. You know, as much as I might give myself crap for being uh, maybe too permissive or too positive or whatever you want to say, um, when it there are certain movies that within five to ten minutes, hey, it can always change my mind. Yeah, but in five to ten minutes, I realize, okay, I got it, and <laughs> this is this is terrible. I remember uh, you've got your. Uh, Change up. You've got your Jack and Jill. I've got my Struck by Lightning. Right. A movie that admit. Well, Neighbors. That's one that some people actually liked. A lot very of very liked. few people I know didn't uh, like hate it as much as you. Struck by Lightning. I I, I was in the same uh, screening room as uh, Amy Nicholson. She did not care for it. Okay. Um, what screening room was this? I just I just uh, care. Uh, the one on Rodale. Oh, the, the Charles Adacoff screening Adekoff, room. That's the one. With the little candies. Little candies. Yeah. Well, the Wilshire screening room has little candies, too, but the Adacoff screening room has little candy bars. Like Indeed. The, uh, yes, they're delicious. It's, it's more I like it's like Halloween in the Adacoff screening room. Yeah. I went specifically out of my way to make sure I got a little crunch bar because I was going to get something out of that day. Yeah. Because uh, that movie was doing nothing for me. I like the, what's the yellow one? Mr. Good Bar? Yes. Uh, that's, that's pretty a, good. I like those. Um, also, uh, Hershey Special Dark with almonds. Oh, that's too much. Yeah, I love too it. much. Come on, pare it down. <laughs> Either get a Hershey's with almonds or a Hershey's dark. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, but that's one that uh, I just thought. I really want to see that movie. By the way, struck by you got lightning. it's on Netflix. I believe you because can watch it. I hated it so much wow. for so many reasons. Twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. By the way, yeah, um, that should be like two percent because Alice and Janney's pretty good. <laughs> And that's it. But the, the reason, part of the reason I want to watch it is watching Glee. I am consistently, I am in, increasingly convinced that Chris Colfer is the best actor on Glee and deserves. I bet he a thinks it movie. too. <laughs> so I, I really uh, would. Uh, I'm really disappointed to hear that it's not good, and I really hope that he gets to do something. I hope that he has the talent. I think he has, and he gets to <laughs> show it off in a good movie. Yeah, he can be. He could be a great actor. I don't think he's very good in Struck by Lightning, but he could be a great actor. That doesn't that doesn't mean that they should produce a screenplay he wrote when he was sixteen. <laughs> I mean, come on. But that's the thing. That's an example of I went in thinking, you know what? I, I didn't think it was going to be very good, but you never know. And then within two minutes, where you see him walking through the halls with all the other students, and he just openly calls them cattle, mm-hmm. and he goes cattle, cattle, 
and he's saying that as he goes through. Like, wait, not and it's meant to be, or literally out loud. Literally out loud. Oh, that sounds awful. It's, it is awful. And the fact that as I watched it, I thought, wait a second, does this movie want me to be to be on board with this guy? <laughs> is if this is a story, of, if this is like a taxi driver situation <laughs> where it just spends its time saying, "Hey, look at this monster." Uh, then I'm on board, but it isn't. And so, uh, so I will say this, that I like, I like, this is going to sound strange. I, I like movies that I think are good. And if a movie is bad, I will, I will say Alison Jenny's really, uh, really good in, uh, struck by lightning, but who gives a shit Yeah, in, in such a, in such a terrible movie. Yeah. And so, uh, well, I so remember the, there I, was a guy I knew, uh, he was at one of my TAs in college who like was convinced like every movie he could find like one scene or one one just sequence or, or one shot that was fantastic. Oh sure. Uh and it was like an ongoing thing and I would always uh, I would always look for that. I remember there's a part uh there's a part in Joe Dirt. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Yeah. But the part where I'm I'm drawing a blank now, did like Christopher Walken's character is like on the run from the mob, I think. Uh my memory of Joe Dirt is not what it could be. I think Chris Wong's character is like on the run from the mob, and the fact that Joe Dirt is like telling his life story means that they like they find him. And so there's a sequence. It's just like a throwaway sequence where the mob comes and kills Christopher Walken, and it's like it's literally like 12 seconds long, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. It's really well done. Yeah. And then it goes back to being Joe Dirt, but uh, goes right back to being <laughs> Joe Dirt. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I, what I'm saying is I am open to the idea that every movie can have something really awesome in it. And that's the thing as, as much crap as I might, by the way, I've d- listening back to some old episodes. I realized that I say like too much, especially if I'm tired and I start a lot of sentences with that's the thing. Apparently there are roughly 800,000 things <laughs> and that's one of them. Uh, so I apologize everybody. I'd say you could turn it into a drinking game, but I don't. I don't want to lose yeah. listeners. Um, I want, what's my thing? What do I say a lot? Um, nothing that I can really remember. I'll bet there's. Something. I'm sure if you were to go back and listen to it, you would notice. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, that's... but I have trouble listening to my own voice. I hear you. I have trouble listening to your voice too. <laughs> yeah, uh, because I feel like I'm being clear, and then I listen back, and I'm like, "Fucking, you know, calm down, mushmouth. <laughs> Get your point out. You know, take your time." Say what you need to say. But in my head, it's very clear. Yeah. I can always tell when I'm tired because like will be thrown out and I sound like a valley girl. <laughs> and so um, – va- oh, sorry, a valley girl with pretensions of being an intelligent adult male. Um, and so uh, – isn't, isn't that all of them really? I don't know what that means. <laughs> once again, Dave, you've blown – that's twice in one episode you've blown my mind. Um, so what I will say is that as much as much crap as I might – give myself for being permissive i think it probably winds up being probably for you as well um probably 50 50 i don't think you go in expecting to hate want, certainly not wanting to hate if a mo- if there are things about a movie that you hate you will say it if there are things about a movie you love in a movie you hate you'll say it mm-hmm. and what's more is and this is something that i'm that i was thinking about with the siskel and ebert thing is Even if even if the vast maj- the the vast majority of movies you see, let's say you don't like the ones you do like, the ones you love, your love for them is so overwhelming and so palpable, and hopefully with me as well, mm-hmm. so palpable that you realize, oh, this person is not negative; they simply want a movie to en- that engages them, and a lot of movies don't and aren't interested in it. I also want this is a bit of a tangent, but I also want movies to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And I think if I have, I'm sure I have plenty of weaknesses as a critic, but I think one of my main ones might be that I have a real soft spot for uh, audacity or audaciousness. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, I will cut a movie a lot of slack if it really goes there. Not in a self-conscious way. If I feel like it's trying to like be uh, shocking or whatever, that turns me off right away. Right. But if a movie, like, I, mean, I mentioned how much I love Cloud Atlas, like, a big part of how much I love Cloud Atlas is like I can't believe they did that. I'm so, I'm so happy that I did that, and I think part of that comes from just seeing so many movies. You tend to forgive something just for the fact that it surprised you. And I and 
And so we're back where we started, actually, because uh, Josh had mentioned that. Good, we his, get in there. Yeah, Josh. In fact, let's end now. We'll get you next time. Um, Josh go, had mentioned go, uh, that. that <laughs> <laughs> put your beer down, David. <laughs> um, Josh had mentioned that the thing that bothered him about superhero movies was that they're all the same. So literally, mm-hmm. he's he's saying what you're what you and I are talking about that they're not surprising him. And so, but by me going to see them now, admittedly, I don't look forward to every one. Um, the, I go to see them knowing that I'm probably not going to be surprised and yet I still look forward to them. And maybe it's because I don't know. And maybe it's because I have faith in certain filmmakers or, or I have enough faith in a certain. Go on. Keep, keep talking. Okay. Sorry. There's a computer trouble there, everybody. Uh, um, yeah. Is your outlet like not on or something? Oh, yeah. You got to put it in the top one there. <laughs> um, and so uh, so perhaps I have faith in a filmmaker. I have faith in a writer. I have faith in a character even. Um, and so – and then when I, when I go, I'm able to see that, uh, oh, there's a little bit – this one's a little bit different than the last one. And I'm able to allow myself to be surprised – by by more um as opposed to i feel like if you only go to see the films that you think will surprise you then i don't know i feel like you're limiting yourself to because what's the point of a you know what what is the idea of a surprise if not i'm being so distracted by it right now i'm really trying trying to to save this episode i know like we're gonna lose shit here yeah i don't think it's working um what are we at percentage wise? Seven percent battery power. Oh, there we go. go. Here okay. we go. So oh, sorry, everybody. The problem was there. Okay. Um, I got it. So uh, Ooh, episode saved. So what I was going. To, okay. So what I was. What I was saying is, if that becomes your your idol, that a movie or whatever just surprise you, but then you only go to see the movies that you think might surprise you, then you're not allowing yourself to be surprised by yeah. the ones that may not seem like that. Yeah, but that's... Iron Man 3, one of the reasons I love it so much, I went in expecting, okay, I, I kind of understand what an Iron Man movie is. I think it'll be fun. And then there was a surprise in there that, boy, I wasn't expecting and I loved it. Yeah, I mean, that's a twist, which is a different thing we're talking, it, it, we're true, talking yes. about. I, I, what I'm talking about is, like, uh, to go all the way back to 2007, um, uh, premium, premium episode, by the way. You mm-hmm. can buy our premium episode yeah. where we talk about movies of t- 2007. And I believe we talk about the movie Shooter, Mm -hmm. by antoine fuqua yeah and a big part of why i like it so much is that it is an audacious movie that it uh it's not a by the numbers actioner in some ways it 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 is but it has uh so much to say and it says it with such conviction uh that i was it really grabbed hold of me i uh I, i responded very strongly to shooter partially because of how uh bold and audacious it is yeah and i guess this this goes back to ultimately giving every movie a chance. Now, there's no rule that I have to go and see every movie on the off chance it might be (laughs) great um, or it might surprise me. That's why you find critics that you like that you tend to agree with. Exactly. And so I feel like it's not, as as is so often the case when you and I talk about is there a right or wrong way to watch movies, we ultimately concluded that that's the wrong question to ask. And so in the end, saying... Is it better to be positive or better to be negative? I think ultimately the question – that's not the question to ask. The question is are you giving – whatever movie you happen to be seeing, whether because you need to for a screening or you actually walked in because you wanted to see it, are you giving it every chance? And that includes the chance to disappoint you. Yeah. Because you could walk – because this happens a lot. You walk into a movie and you think it's going to be great and you're not – and no matter how bad it is, you're not going to let this movie right. let you yeah. down for whatever reason. And so, you know, I mean I, I really – I went into Godzilla ex- expecting – not expecting but ho- hoping to love it and thinking I would really like it. I still liked it but not as much as – I didn't love it yeah. and I wanted to love it. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. And the other way around, too, I knew people, in, you know, who would, like, oh, we're going to go to this movie to laugh at it. Like, we're going to go see Ghost Ship to laugh at it. Yeah. It's like, what if Ghost Ship turns out to be awesome? Yeah. What are you going to do then? Yeah. <laughs> you going to force yourself to laugh at it and throw popcorn at the screen? Yeah. Or are I you going to admit in front of your friends that this movie worked for you? Yeah. I never I saw Ghost Ship. I saw, okay, I remember one time, a uh, friend of the show, Jason Eakin, and some other friends of myself, we 
rented two movies, one for the purpose of laughing at it and the other for the purpose of actually being engaged. We rented The Butterfly Effect uh-huh. and The Human Stain. Uh-huh. Butterfly <laughs> Effect wound up being infinitely more engaging than I th- than we thought it was going to be. We like within 10 minutes we stopped making jokes uh-huh. and just started watching the movie. Human Stain laughed our asses off yeah. throughout. <laughs> I mean, it's just and I feel, and you know what? Maybe that maybe that's the picture of who I of who we should be as film yeah, as, yeah. as as film critics is open to whatever, however shit the movie might be, or however good the movie might be. Yeah, and shedding your expectations as soon as you can. I, I still think about the butterfly effect whenever I see the uh, the little like spiked metal things you put receipts and like notepads oh, on. Because yeah. you remember the part he, uh, in order to prove that he's changing things to give himself scars when he's older. Oh, that's right. He yes. slams his palms down on the two of those yeah. as like a little kid. Everybody's nuts. Uh, yeah. I don't it's, think it's that great, but it's it's different than you uh, than what I expected. It, it falls under that audacious it's actually trying some things yeah. that uh, that you certainly that I didn't go in expecting. Yeah. Um, uh, good performance from Amy Smart as well. Oh, of um, course. All right. Uh, that's that. You can find us at battleshippretension.com. You can email us, David at battleshippretension.com or Tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at the, Preten- the Pretension. Let me say that again. At The Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com. Uh, and uh, my other podcast is called Hey, Watch This. And. Um, this week, it, we, we, talk, we were talking about TV, and this week, I forget what we're talking about. Television. Well, we're talking about the Hannibal finale. All right. I forget what Paul wanted to watch. I hope I didn't miss something. Well, what are you going to do? I'll have to ask Paul. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, hey, watch this. You can find that at battleshipretention.com or just in iTunes. And uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 